Media Lads. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Media Lads, the show where lads talk about media. I'm your host, Tom, and joining me today is your other host, Sark. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Bernie Sanders. You can't. You can't have my money, Bernie. Bernie, no! I'm again asking for your financial support. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so. I'm gonna make that a thing every episode. Instead of actually introducing myself, I'm gonna say something completely different. I'm scared. You should be. Yeah, we back episode two. Hopefully, this episode two will actually come out, unlike our mini episode twos from our last attempt. We've had at least ten episode twos. I suppose we should move to the first segment. Music. Music. That's right. We've started doing segments now. Yay. We're starting to become professionals. Not Maybe in one slightest. day. <laughs> so the first one I listened to was Lovely Wonderful Thoughts from Linus by Linus from the Stars. Toast is going to be so happy. I think the best way I can describe this guy's music is Swedish Owl City. It really it's is. It's pretty much what it is. Like, it's you a very upbeat, dreamy kind of pop music. Genuinely, if I had listened to the first track off of the album, and you didn't tell me that this was not Owl City, I probably would have thought this was straight up Owl City. The Owl City inspiration is insanely strong on the whole album. Yeah. And not even, not, I wouldn't say that in a bad way, either. It's very, No, not in a bad way. Yeah. It's a very charming project, I guess you could say. It is very charming. It sounds very spacey. Yeah. Which, quite literally, on the second track, is basically what it's about. I'm not a huge fan, if I'm being completely honest, of some of the things that he does on production. Like the way he'll distort vocals. Mm -hmm. But that's more a personal thing, I guess. Otherwise, though, the albums have just a generally really nice atmosphere about them. It's a good vibe. It's a, it's, it's good vibe music. I don't know. And it's fairly easy listening. Yeah. Just something you can pop on and relax. It's a kind of album that you can listen to and vibe to yeah. and just have an easy time going about it. Yeah. For my last album, it is an album that I've listened to on multiple occasions now and really love. So uh, we got Deanne by Zach Bryan. Which is probably the most straightforward album of the ones that both of us listen to. Being a independent country album with very... With production on it that sounds very down-to-earth and simplistic. It's very... It almost has a very rough nature about it. It feels very unpolished and honest. And the whole sound makes sense since this guy pretty much got his whole start just by sitting out on his front porch re recording pretty much just crappy videos vertically on his iPhone of him playing lit by what looks like a flashlight and just kind of put it out there and let the music speak for itself. Honestly, I feel like this guy is going to go places. I could see it. I hope he does. So that's pretty much what I got for music. And that's what you got for music, I think. Film and TV. So, Tom, what do you have to offer? Wow. 
Uh, as for stuff I'll briefly cover and not mainly talk about, I did some more rewatches. Uh, not oh, as really? much as I planned on, but I did get a few. Rewatched Dude. only yesterday. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, Ghibli film. The Ghibli masterpiece that I haven't seen. That implies you I've will. seen any of them, but... Well, you, you saw one of them, I think. Nope. Didn't you watch Grave of Fireflies on Hulu, though? I was planning to, but then I wasn't able to. Weak. I really am. Weak. I'll get to that this month. Yeah, only yesterday. It's a very uh, simple, charming little flick about growing up. Good, good. But it, it it's done in a very kind. unique way as opposed to most coming-of-age dramas, and <laughs> the way it is done clicks with me way more than most coming-of-age dramas do. Hmm. So, definitely worth the watch. Also, rewatch Curse of the Black Pearl, the Pirates ah, of the Caribbean film. As I like to call it, the perfect adventure film. The perfect action-adventure film that I wish they made more. Honestly, like it's... It. Everything about it is so snappy and witty. With It's a really well-put-together film. Yeah. I really just want to go one episode where we just talk about the whole trilogy, if I'm being honest. I'd be down. Because I really like that trilogy. I'd be down at some point. It's good. You probably already know it's good. <laughs> Most people have seen it. And it's the... like the quintessential... First PG-13 movie for any homeschool kid. It really is. <laughs> if you're homeschooled, most likely the first PG-13 movie you'll watch will be this one. Pretty much, pretty much. And, you'll just and it is carry. kind of a perfect one to be that. It is. It's just the right amount of edgy and it's just, dark. It's got just to, enough, you know, to make got... the youngins feel like they're being all adult and cool. <laughs> It's also innocent enough that, you know, they can actually watch it. Exactly. And it's act, perfect. You know, it's also got some genuine quality about it, so they can carry it with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So yeah. is that it for stuff to briefly mention then? For rewatches, for first-time watches, I watched mm. both the original <laughs> and remake of Aladdin. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot that you did that. There was There's the original, which is charming enough and fun but nothing too special and then there's the remake which is if bollywood tried to make it i have not seen the remake and i don't plan on it so i'll just agree with that synopsis <laughs> everything about it is way too clean and set looking <laughs> and it doesn't look arabian at all it looks indian as in the country india pretty much any issue that you had with this film from the trailer is every issue that it has as a movie. Pretty much. Uh, the, the, oh, the musical numbers are really strange because at certain points the footage is sped up to keep up with... Wait, to keep what? pace with the song. They yeah. sped up footage? Why? Because they I were moving that, that was a tr I thought that was a trend that died in the 90s and early 2000s. Why would they try to bring it back? <laughs> but yeah, to keep pace with the song, they would randomly speed up segments of footage, and it's so bad. Slowing frame rates and speeding up footage are two trends that I want to die and stay buried. Yeah. There's a 
There's a terrifying CG monkey. So that pretty much makes it worth the price of admission. Yes, but not terrifying in a good way, like Curse of the Black Pearl. Exactly. Uh, on top of that, I is want... it at least hmm? is it at least worth watching for potential meme? No. <laughs> no. Okay. I had some fun making fun of it with my family, but that was more a coping mechanism than any actual <laughs> thing to it. I instinctively make fun of things that are awful when I'm watching them so I can survive <laughs> with my brain intact. Yeah. So anyway, for stuff that I watched that Tom didn't, I don't have a very long list. I didn't watch it very much this month. Wow, okay. Uh, pulling a me there. I really am. So this month, pretty much what I saw was Toy Story 4. Which is a decent cap off for the series, not as good as 3 was, but I mean, considering the kind of constraints that they would have had in making this, because I'm still convinced it exists pretty much because Pixar wanted to get a little more dough out of the franchise before it died completely. Yeah. So considering the restraints they would have had in that regard, they did about the best that they could with it, and they actually came out with something pretty genuinely good. For the most part. So, you know. It's Here's a pretty that. decent movie. Excellent. And then like Tom mentioned earlier, I also rewatched The Black Pearl, which I already talked about. Excellent. And that's about it for stuff that Tom didn't see, and I don't have much to say. Okay. Nice going. My time this month was taken up watching Oh no wait, I did watch One Punch Man in season two. Ah yes. I've begun that, but I'll talk more about that once I see Nowhere it. near as good as season one was, and the comedy certainly isn't nearly as good as season one was, and it feels like there's something missing from it that season one had. I don't know what it is. However, the action and the music has been amped up to 11 since season one. Like, holy crap. So Some of the tracks off of this OST slap so dang hard. They really do. Meanwhile, with the action, it seems like they actually started to figure out that you couldn't just make it as big as possible, like they did with Season 1, and there's some actual ebb and flow to it. And the action feels a lot more naturalistic. Very good. And as such, a lot of the time, it's far more engaging than it was in Season 1. And at times, certain times of certain fights, genuinely, it causes chills. Nice. One thing I do have some to say about this month, I finally got around to watching The Mandalorian. Finally. Finally. I was, it's about time. I was a lame hipster and waited till the whole show was out. It's very good. It's, it's, it, it scratches very... a very specific itch I've had with the Star Wars franchise for a very long time. And Honestly, for that, though. it's kind of my favorite thing out of the whole franchise. Honestly, it's not the best Star Wars thing, but genuinely, it might be my favorite. Same. For one thing, it, it finally does something that I wish Star Wars had done before, which is made something that feels like a... genuinely feels very Western-inspired. Yeah. Because people always say, like, 
Star Wars takes such heavy inspiration from samurai movies and westerns, but the western part is a dang lie. <laughs> Star Wars has barely been influenced by westerns at all. People say Solo can't... is a western, but it only has Solo one. is anything but a western. <laughs> it has Solo a is single, a heist movie. It has a single shot that looks western it inspired. It has two shots that feel slightly western inspired. And the rest is just a normal space heist. And the one the one character dude does some gunslinging and that's it the rest is a space heist solo is anything but a western quite frankly this show on the hand is very western through and through yeah it feels like it actually takes the two inspirations people talk about all the time with the og like the original trilogy with samurai films and westerns and actually takes inspiration from them heavily you get a lot of feeling uh from the main our main protagonist uh that he was very heavily inspired by characters like the man with no name from the dollars trilogy or pretty much any silent samurai character ever yeah and this show also has actual like shootouts and gunfights which i love so much yeah and like you can do so much just in general it makes it's the most actual realized and lived in that this universe has pretty it much really ever felt is. in there because there's pretty a, much in practically everything else star wars related everything exists in this sense of like heightened reality and this being a very small scale thing with no major mm-hmm. characters even in sorry what it, it allows itself to just be something that is really the skywalker saga Basically. Which practically every other main piece of Star Wars media needs to be connected and I to mean, for some reason. I like the Skywalker saga and the stuff in the Skywalker saga, but it's so nice to have something that feels like it looks at a side of this massive, absolutely massive world that they've yeah. built up. And looks at smaller, more yeah. human stories. Yeah. I don't have anything wrong with the Skywalker saga, but... They made no. such an insanely massive universe, and it seems to always focus on like the same three characters. Sometimes it really does. So to have something that just makes something, to have something small like scale this, and just that's very small scale. Is this like to explain what I mean and why I love this show so much outside of everything else, like the Western influence, because I'm a sucker for westerns and the gorgeous action this show has one of my favorite moments out of star wars in general probably in uh episode four when you boys are like traveling through the woods at night on this basically a space wagon and they're traveling through there and their main protagonist the mandalorian i forgot what his actual name is he just kind of starts to lean back in the wagon. And then after that, it cuts over to Baby Yoda, who basically looks at him and mimics him and lays back and stares upwards. And then it just cuts to a view looking up at the stars with, like, trees rolling past on either side. And it's just such a good moment. Yeah. And it's such Honestly, a small down-to-earth such a moment. good episode in general. In terms it's of such feeling a, human. A good, small, down-to-earth episode. Like, this kid that's never experienced the world before just leans back, imitating his father figure, and for the first time really notices, like, stars. Yeah. And all their beauty. 
Which is weird because this is from a franchise called Star Wars. So yeah, Mandalorian's good. I'll stop now for time reasons. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's a good show. I'm excited for season two to see where they go with it. Indeed. It should be fun. And then the last thing that we have to talk about before we move on to the quote-unquote main topic is an absolute emotional gut punch. Yay. A silent voice. Pain. Pain in film. It is such an emotional... Emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I feel like we could do an entire episode about this. We probably could. If I'm being totally honest. This film tackles some kind of heavy subject matter. And if I'm being honest, it doesn't handle all of it the best. Which is mainly at the beginning. However, the stuff that does handle well, and it does start hand it does handle plenty of these topics well. But towards the beginning, a lot of the melodrama is very, for lack of a better word, bad. Yeah, the beginning does stumble quite the a bit. The beginning stumbles there. a lot. There's a scene, this breakfast scene, that... Oh, <sighs> How to talk about that scene? It <laughs> it doesn't handle its subject very it, it well. It does not handle its subject well at all. This guy's mother finds out that he was planning to off himself and goes about confronting. The fact that even the mother character even says you were gonna off yourself. Yeah, that's the that's way she goes about confronting her son about that is so bad. And it's so incredibly melodramatic that it hurt. It uh especially compared to how well the film covers it, that subject matter else. later. Because there's plenty of subject matter and emotional subject matter that the film handles. Uh, topics like social anxiety, which hits hard. It really, it really does. It really does. Like, the way this film handles social anxiety, it handles it in a way I don't think I've seen any other film do it. And it does it with such ease and mastery. Yeah. The way the camera very often in conversation scenes and other scenes in general will focus on pretty much anything other than characters' faces. The way throughout the entire film, characters who aren't within the main friend group walk around with these X's hovering over their faces, just about everything else. It handles that subject and the way that it feels in a very real way. Like the film does stumble places, but what it does get right, it gets so right. It's a film that has to be felt more than anything. Yeah. The film is very much so about feeling and feeling it. A lot of what it does in terms of imagery and sound and the visual is about bringing you into that specific feeling. Yeah. It gets you into a headspace and keeps and it you does there. it really well. It puts you in the headspace of these characters. Oh my mic. And it draws you in, reels you in in a way that not many other coming-of-age stories do. It's hard to do that kind of story well. And the fact that it does it as well as it does, even with its stumblings, is really impressive. Especially with particular subjects it tackles at points. I almost feel like we should save talking about some of it 
and just like do a whole episode about it. Might be worthwhile. I think so. So but yeah, the film is an absolute I will emotional say the, roller coaster. What now? One last thing I'll say about it before I move on. Uh, the uh, the one scene, and if you have seen the movie, you will know exactly which scene I'm talking about. Is probably the most well executed scene in general. I think I've we ever could seen. be talking about uh, two different scenes in this film from the third act because pretty much every scene from the third act is like that. Yeah, I'm talking about the balcony one. <laughs> so, oh yeah, that scene. It's that hurts physically. It pains my heart to watch every time. It really does. It's, but it's handled so, it's so friggin' good. masterfully. It's just an absolute cacophony of imagery and sound that berates you. Mostly imagery with these booming fireworks in the background. Yeah. Everything it does serves to make your heart pound faster and faster and faster until it all breaks finally, and it's just pure silence with imagery. It is insane what they pulled off and the same could be said about the last very last scene of the film which i won't talk about because spoilers yeah so basically uh we'll talk about it more later but suffice it to say it is a masterpiece of a film that is worth watching certainly it is very good but it has a good lot of problems it has a good bunch of problems but if you're willing what it does to right wait, definitely makes up for the problems, in my opinion. If you're willing to wait through the, the myriad of problems and small things that it does, then it's worth a watch. If you like getting your gut punched over and over, it's worth a watch. If you like films that just absolutely attack you emotionally and do not hold back and don't stop throughout the runtime, then watch it. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I think that covers it for so that covers that it segment. outside the main topic. Yeah. So let's move along to the main course of this meal. Main subject. Moving along from good anime. Too bad. <laughs> I hate the fact that Tom made me watch this show. I hate the fact that I made myself watch it again. <laughs> because I watched it once before a long time ago. Which is oh. how I knew it was bad enough to bring up for this. Dear gosh, this show. We're talking about Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 the original. original anime adaptation. You know, the one where they ran out of stuff to adapt and basically just went off the freaking yeah. rail. Now, I don't know the full story exactly, but if I remember correctly, the story behind this particular abomination <laughs> is... <laughs> The manga was in process of coming out. It was pretty new, I think. And then... Wasn't it, like, basically coming out as a show aired? Yeah, the the manga was in progress, and then the studio approached the author and was like, hey, we want to make an anime of this. So she was like, sure. That one threw very well. Yeah. But because it was still in progress at the time, they would need to either take very long breaks in between seasons to get the full thing out or just do whatever the heck they wanted and go off the rails. They opted for the latter. So the author gave them permission to pretty much do whatever they wanted once they got past what was out 
at the time in the manga. And it shows. It shows so hard. Where do you even start with talking about this thing? Absolute training. I think it would be best to start with positives, since there's so little. Let's start Skip at the very beginning in that we case. Like? I like the music of this show a lot. Honestly, I think it's handled better than in Brotherhood. Honestly? Simply because Brotherhood repeats tracks way too often, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. there's a far better spread of them and variety Hon in Honestly, the show. I'm very lukewarm on the music in this show. There are a couple tracks that I like, like the flashback music with the harmonica. That's nice. Yeah. And a couple other tracks I forgot about, but for the most part, I just don't care. Yeah. I will say this, Dante's theme is a better villain than Dante herself. I don't even know what they were trying to do with Dante as a villain. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. But yeah, like, her her theme, musically, does such a good job conveying a very specific idea or feeling of what the villain sh was trying to be. But the villain Maybe? herself does not live up to that at all. And it makes me disappointed. Uh, by the way, if... Spoilers. We're going to be very, talking about spoilers for this show. Very, very heavy spoilers. But at the same time, you really shouldn't care. If, if you care at all, then I guess just stop listening right now. But quite frankly, before you cut off, you should not care in the least. <laughs> There's no reason to care. Don't even go watch it after this episode, please. Well, Save watch, yourself trouble. Watch the one episode, because the other thing I like about this show... <laughs> we'll get to that episode later, too. The main thing... That's the one part of the show that I have a good couple positive things to say about it, so I want to save it. Suffice to say, the main thing I like oh, about this show is episode 37, the most blatant piece of filler. And the best episode in the entire show. When your show is so full of filler and is so bad that the most blatant, obvious filler episode that exists solely to be filler is the best episode you have, you have a problem. Okay, but it's such a good episode. <laughs> it is, because if there's one thing these guys do actually handle decently, it's comedy and comedic timing and that whole episode and just that, that whole episode on. is just that and so it's a lot of fun to watch yeah. it's a genuinely enjoyable episode yeah. because it doesn't deal with any of the main storyline bullcrap <laughs> and that's pretty much all i like about the show the music i think is pretty well done and there are a few scenes here and there that i like but as a whole it's just such a slog this show starts out decently. That's something that you'll notice. You'll hear a bunch of bad stuff about this show, and then you'll go to actually watch it, and then you'll be cut like the first set of episodes, maybe like the first ten. I don't remember. It's been so long. And you'll be like, "Oh, hey, this isn't so bad. This is pretty decent. There's some decent character stuff here. Some bad filler in the first two, but it's decently enjoyable. You know, good setup and stuff. That's because they had something to adapt." <laughs> and then they lost it like 27 episodes well 21 episodes in I think something like that so this show starts out fairly decent actually Yeah. like the first two episodes are enjoyable enough there's 
a lot of filler in those first two episodes that makes them difficult to get through, but they're decent. Yeah. And the third episode has some genuine quality about it, but overall it's still pretty meh. And then after that, I, what what else happened after that? Filler. I don't remember pretty but much literally anything. Literally the fourth episode is already a filler story arc that they just the threw in. The fourth episode is just filler. Was that the Barry the Trapper? No. No, that's the one where he this random dude is trying to resurrect his dead lover. Oh, who's yeah. actually an old lady that was helping him the whole time. The episode where Ed, uh, secondhand stabs a man with a sword. Just runs him through. <laughs> Wait, what? I completely forgot about that. They're in this fight or something, and Ed does some kind of alchemy maneuver, which flips an actual literal sword into the air, and it descends and just stabs the guy straight through into the, through his body and into the floor. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Which is another thing this show does that Brotherhood does far better. Ed kills people. Which he does not do in Brotherhood. Ed killing is something that should never happen. That just does not even work if, with his character. Even all. if it's technically in a second-hand way like that episode. It just don't work. It, it don't. doesn't work. And it's not in his character. It, it just it it just makes it even weirder because like the main thing I hear from people who like the show saying about it is how it's a more character focused series. How it's a more this show is barely character focused at all. <laughs> exactly. This show for like, this show forgets the characters exist. Yeah, like the main way I hear it described is that it's a character study of Ed. But even then, it's such a bad a... character study of Ed. <laughs> Not just a bad character study, he's a bad character in person. They just make him such a f frustrating individual. That's another thing you'll notice very quickly. No one in this show is likable outside Hughes. That's... <sighs> there are so many characters in this show, especially our main three, our main trio. Our main three trio are so dang whiny and melodramatic. <laughs> they will take... They will make a mountain out of literally any molehill, and it gets old really fast. This show and does then, not understand its characters in the least, and it, it shows. It doesn't. But I feel like we're getting a little scatterbrained here talking about this. It's hard not to. It's hard not to, because there's so much that, to rip into. And honestly, I've forgotten like half of the show at this point. Honestly... So it's really hard to gather my thoughts about it how really bad is. it is. Especially considering how much of it is filler, it makes this show so easy to forget about. It, it, and speaking of filler, something else you'll notice pretty early on is this show is so dang slow. And I'm not immediately opposed to slow things, but this does not do slow pacing in a way that is compelling. No, no, slow pacing is fine. Some of my favorite films and shows have very slow pacing. However, there's a certain art to doing a slow-paced film or show that this show does not have. This show is just a slog. It moves along at the pace of a slug. This show feels like it has no direction for like 43 of its 51 episodes. It and doesn't. then it finally so realizes that it needs to have a main plot, so it rushes through it so quickly. So much of this show is meandering. And wandering aimlessly with nothing in sight whatsoever. It really it is. It feels so obviously like they were making it up as they went along. 
Because that's pretty much what they were Because doing. that's what they did! <laughs> oh, gosh. I hate this show so much. You owe me next month. Okay, let's try to gather our thoughts one more time. So basically, I skipped ahead a lot of episodes, so I don't know what happened between pretty much episode, like, 14 or something through 21. That's because All nothing I know, happened. It's just a ton of filler throughout it's the entire It's a ton of filler, of and it covers a lot of the same ground that Brotherhood does. Except, except with now a few Mustang killed Winry's parents. Yeah, that's a fun little detail that completely destroys his character. Just a... And completely ruins Scar as well, because the whole caveat there is gone as well. Pretty much. It's Scar like, it's slight little changes like that well, don't seem like they right. should be necessarily such a big deal, but when they're such an important aspect to the character progression, it just There are little things that they mention here and there that just little sense. Even less than it makes already. Like, at one point in the show... Ed is explaining something about the homunculi, and he just mentions offhandedly, their bodies are made out of liquid. What? <laughs> it's, it's mentioned that one time, as a matter of fact, their bodies are made out of liquid. Hmm. And it's never brought up again after that, and their bodies clearly are not made up out of liquid. Mm. And even if they did run with it canonically, that would make homunculi as characters so much worse than they already are. Yeah. The thing is, like Brotherhood it does had, little it, things like uh, that. Like Brotherhood has was known to kind of bend its own rules a little bit here and there, mainly for fight scenes. But did do it at least sticks to the fundamental rules of its magic system for the most part. Brotherhood stuck. O three does not have here. rules. O three doesn't have rules, and what makes it worse <laughs> is that they like to flaunt and pretend like it has rules. Like, they will remind you every episode, hey, remember, these are the rules for the system. Remember, and equivalent later, exchange. They throw it out the window. Remember, equivalent exchange. And then the last few episodes are like, oh, yeah, that doesn't even exist, yo. Because life Pretty sucks. <laughs> That's literally the whole The whole climax. moral of the show is nihilism. <laughs> the whole moral of the show is just basically just says life sucks and that's it. Life sucks. That's it. 51 episodes to get to something that you learn when you're five. <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> With a passion. It makes it it's so much so worse stupid. since we have Brotherhood to compare it to. Uh, and, like, Brotherhood has its own problems and dumb bits here and there, but as a whole, it makes itself a, a compelling story. O3 does not have a compelling bone in its body. Not in the least. It has a few thematic ideas that on paper are interesting, but it does not that execute does. them in any way. On paper, some of its ideas thematically are intriguing. For yeah, instance, like the idea like that the homunculi are results of failed human transmutation, so they're, they're the direct result of people screwing up. That's a good That's thematic a idea. idea. The show does nothing with it. It doesn't. And the worst it part again to, is that it, likes, but it, falls it so flat. likes to pretend like it does with like a teacher subplot, which I'll talk about later probably. <sighs> teacher subplot. <laughs> Dear gosh. 
Here's the thing. Okay. Here's here here's some here's my main little nitpick with the with with the homunculi in this show that probably doesn't matter that much, but it really annoys me. Why are they themed after the seven deadly sins when the reason for it does not exist in this version? There's there's no reason for it. Like it was there in the manga in the first couple episodes, and they had to stick with it, but they didn't care enough to do anything with it. Yeah, like in the it's actual arbitrary. story, it. It has a definitive reason. One I won't spoil yeah, because Brotherhood sense. is worth watching. It makes sense. It has thematic weight. Here it's, it's just good. a naming scheme because they kind of have to. So rather that's, than actually finding literally... a new way to do something with it that fits their thing, they just kind of ignore it. Which is strange because they basically take anything that either the manga or they set up early on, and they try to do something with it. They screw it up royally, but they try to do something with it. But nope, Seven Deadly Sins mantra, that's just a naming scheme. If we're being totally honest, by the time the 50th episode rolls around, you've forgotten about that fact. You just don't care anymore. You take it for granted. That's this whole show in general. By episode 50, you are numb. I was only able to get through it because I exclusively watched it while washing dishes. So I could pay half attention to it the entire time. Meanwhile, I watched the last, like, 12 or 15 episodes while I had the flu, so that made it even more painful. You poor soul. I'm sorry for bringing this upon you. <laughs> It was all oh. worth it for that one episode, though, right? Let's go with that, sure. Here's the, there are a few episodes I like to certain degrees. Which this show does I will, yeah, I'm the just, Tucker and Nina stuff them. decently, actually. When it I first like, rolls around. I like episode three, how it handles their backstory. I don't think the acting and script is nearly as well done as how it handles it in Brotherhood. However, I Not do at like... All. That said, for what it is, it does a decent job, and I like some of the ways it focuses on the mother herself, which mm -hmm. the Rich Brotherhood doesn't Rich really brotherhood give much does. time to. The mother and Brotherhood is basically kind of a footnote, which sucks, yeah. but you know. In 03, they actually spend a little bit of time focusing on how she feels. See, we're, we're being that. fair to this show. It does do some things right. I also, you know, the the Nina stuff is also relatively well done, but still the Nina better and Tucker stuff is done decently, but is far better in Brotherhood. And the thing is, that I find it so funny. While this show does it decently, it takes two episodes to do it decently. While Brotherhood does it masterfully in one episode. Yeah, I also like the uh, which which episode is it again? I forget. It's a good question. I'm, give me a second. I'm gonna find it. Nice job. Oh, it's that one. <laughs> Is that one? Episode eight with uh, Barry the Chiapa. Oh yeah, that episode That's is a... really disturbing, but like it handles it in an oddly good way, especially for this show. I'm not a fan of that episode as a whole, just because it's still so very clearly filler yeah. and it doesn't handle all the subject matter in a particularly efficient way. I mainly like it because in, like. in on paper, what it does with Ed's character is really good. And mm -hmm. it's something that Brotherhood doesn't really do. Mm -hmm. But at the mm -hmm. same time, the show does nothing with it afterwards, so it just leaves you it feeling empty like the rest of the show does. Wait, what did this show even do with Barry after he was introduced as armor? Uh, did it do anything with him? He makes That's another Al go, he, he makes Algo cuckoo for a bit. That was and such a uh bad plot line for Al. 
They handled that so poorly. Honestly, I'm not even a big fan of it in Brotherhood, to be honest. Like, it's okay in there, but I'm just not a fan of that particular story. However, because this show already has no likable characters, it just makes Al that much worse. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think they do anything with him after that point. If they do, I cannot remember for the life of me. So basically what you're saying is Barry is another character to add to the list of ones that they just forgot existed. Yep. As for the final episode I liked about that, might as well talk about it now. Episode 37, The Flame Alchemist, The Bachelor Lieutenant, and The Mystery of Warehouse 13. Now that's a genuinely good episode that you The first half <laughs> is it's a the Mustang's up. crew tasked with finding one of their fellow soldiers a gf because he's depressed it's such a good comedic plotline and then the second half is a full-on scooby-doo episode genuinely scooby-doo everything about it screams scooby-doo and i love it it's yeah it's with with how melodramatic and and self-important the show is the fact that they just take the time for this one filler to just be as goofy as possible makes me so pretty much it really does. It's such a and fun just like, episode. The whole Havoc storyline for the first half of the episode is the kind of thing that like you'd think it would just kind of be a you know, one-off could you please just do this thing so it's out of our hair? But instead, it's treated as a genuine legitimate military ordered <laughs> mission. And I love that fact. It's so ridiculous and I love it. It really is. It's, it's so like the fun. one episode that doesn't feel the need to take itself so seriously, and it it only if, works you know because what? of that. I'm going to say it. If this show was just a straight-up ridiculous comedy show, and that's it, like this episode, it would have been good. But it's not. Pretty much. Pretty much. Episode 37 is actually a lot of fun. That's about now it. back to garbage. Now back to garbage. Uh, they swap around the the humunculus roles in a way that doesn't really make much sense. In in an attempt to try and streamline at least a little bit of this, uh, I did take some notes uh-huh. with bit particular episodes. Guide us. So down. we're going backwards all the way to episode twenty one. We're th- this. Episode 21 is where things start to go off the rails, and you start to realize this is when they started started running out of stuff to adapt. That's that's where you really start to realize what you've gotten yourself into. Because episode 21... <sighs> this is the episode where they introduce Scar's backstory, which is non-compelling in the least. And then... They where they introduce the, the idea of... Homunculi being people originally, they hint at it. And then they do the worst thing this show does by far, and they bring back Shao Tucker. Oh, dear gosh. And he stays there throughout the entire series. That's the other thing. They bring him back, and then the role they make him fill is exactly the same role that Dr. Marco was supposed to fill. Literally. But they killed Dr. Marco, so I guess they just had to scramble around to find who to make Phyllis place. And I, I hate the fact that they brought Tucker back, because not only is it so clearly them trying to force drama, because that's something else that they do a lot, they like will run out of things that they think are dramatic. So they'll pull something just out of thin air, 
that they think is going to be super dramatic, and they try to force drama with it. Uh, force drama is my favorite Because thing. Tucker comes back in the most melodramatic, soap opery way you could think of. It's 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 awful. <laughs> There's really nothing else. I but could the thing is, describe it as it's awful. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Oh, you've. <laughs> I've un something has been unleashed. <laughs> I will take any opportunity I can to tear into this show. The fact that they bring back Tucker completely devalues anything good they did with the Nina and Tucker plotline in those two episodes. For that reason alone, that's a, that reason alone is why Tucker should never be brought back for a dramatic reveal. The it's, fact that they brought him back solely to force drama—it's such a cheap attempt. and Tucker plotline even worse because that makes it feel so cheap. It's it's just such a cheap attempt to force drama, and it just stinks of how little they knew what they were doing when writing the show. And it devalues the Nina and Tucker plotline in certain ways, honestly, because if you really think about it, like with the way the Brotherhood did it, the Nina and Tucker stuff is very one-off. It's a very one-off episode that doesn't really, like, come back in later episodes in an obvious way of moving plot forward. However... It is an event that sticks with our characters mentally and emotionally throughout the series. And the fact that it's one-off makes it, it, it's makes part of it how hit it works. even harder. It takes because of that how small it is, how much of an impact it made. It also made kind it. of helps the thematic relevance with the idea that there are things that despite the fact these boys are alchemists, there are things that cannot be changed or stopped. And that are not within their power to change or stop. And terrible things will happen and do happen and always will happen. And probably will happen under their noses. Yeah. And the fact that it's not brought back in a major way later on in the show helps to drive that home even farther. Because it's it doesn't make it feel like it's, you know, part of the overall... I don't know how to describe it, really. Yeah. But when you bring Tucker back, that completely undercuts But when you bring him back them. to try to make the plotline go on even further, then that completely devalues the point of the plotline and thematic relevance as a whole. Especially when since... the subject matter you're dealing with is as dark as it is. Yeah. That makes it even more cheap. Especially when his hate. entire thing he's doing there is trying to bring Nina back. And, and it's then... just so bad. It's like... They they brought him back solely to move for plot reasons, and they realized they had to do something with him. So they just give him generic, he went insane story. It's uh... I hate the fact they brought him back so much. It, it devalues so much of what the Nina story does well thematically, really and does, does for our characters well. It really does. And that's something else that I hate about the show. Talk about destroying things thematically. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Nicely done. Why? Why can I not remember his name? Holy crap! There's there's so much about this show uh, that what's his what what what's his? You just uh, cannot remember which character. Snappy is boy. Snappy boy. Uh, Mustang. That's it. 
Oh, okay. him, him yeah. killing him, 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 him off in the rock bells. Now I didn't see that episode, and it's not something touched on very much. So you'll probably be better off to talk about it than I will. It's bad. It completely undercuts both his character progression and Scar's character progression. What the Tucker story does for me, the Mustang thing does for you. Yeah. Honestly, the Tucker one does it for me as well. So. <laughs> this is just another log on the pyre. This is just another... Oh, gosh. It, it, because numb. the show does such a bad job with Mustang, because he's such an unlikable jerk throughout he the really entirety. And he was kind of that in Brotherhood, but he also no, was, he a, was likable a likable person. A likable snappy jerk. It was done in a very uh, uh, charismatic way, but this show just makes him a straight-up jerk. It was done in a charismatic way, and it showed that he actually cared about stuff and people. Where here, he's do just that. a jerk who, I guess, doesn't care about anybody. He's just a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. Yeah, you know all all the great stuff at near the end with Hughes in the in 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 Brotherhood. None of that. None none of that. Just mm -mm. just mm, it it. Uh... Mustang never has a storyline where he confronts Hughes' killer. He never has anything thematically revolving around Hughes. It happens. Nothing. He's sad for a bit, and then he forgets about it, and that's it. And the other characters are mad at him for forgetting about it, and it still does nothing with it. It's just... Uh, the show is draining. This show does a lot of nothing with things that it brings up and makes important over. And something else that this show does. This show has no character development for anybody. <laughs> I mean, you it can really argue doesn't. that uh, Ed and Al, and as weird as it sounds, Lust have character development. But outside of that... No one does. The show basically introduces characters as being important, and then it forgets about them. It just forgets that they exist. <laughs> Not that their character Scott. development was even particularly compelling. It wasn't. But, like, for instance, Scar. Scar is a character that they introduce and that they feature very prominently, but throughout the show, he gets no character development. He gets no good character development whatsoever. He doesn't have an arc or a journey. Pretty By much. a certain episode, he gets to a certain point, which is no point. He hasn't changed any at all, actually, up to this point. And then they kill him off, and they act like he did have an arc, and he did have development when he didn't. Much. They basically introduced him as being important, had no idea what to do with him, floundered for a good long while, tried to force some drama with his backstory, and then they killed him with no development or arc whatsoever. Yeah. And this show does that a lot with a lot of characters. It does pretty much the same thing with uh, Hohenheim. They introduce the idea of Hohenheim as being super important like early on in the show, and they like build up this whole mystery around the guy and stuff you know and then they bring him like later on in the show in like episode 40 something or 30 something they suddenly remember oh heck we introduce this guy as being important we got to bring him in at some point so hohenheim literally just shows up one episode hohenheim is so poorly handled in this he is so nothing 
This show is so. But much like with everything else, this show pretends like he's such a something. The show basically just kind of gets rid of him after he goes to confront Dante, and then that's it. That's pretty much it until the series finale. Speaking of the finale, for the interest of time, let's uh, (laughs) talk about that. Talk about that ending real quick before we wrap. Fine, I guess we should skip to the end. I could tear into this thing for hours. So what did you think about the ending? I hated it, but by this point in watching the show, I was numb to it. The ending does something potentially interesting where it goes for a bittersweet ending. Because rather than resolving itself, it ends with the brothers separated with the promise of trying to find each other again. That's not a bad idea. I'm not opposed to it. It's not a horrible idea. An FMA thing. Not handled well. But it's not deserved or earned. (laughs) Yeah. Granted, that implies that a happy ending would have been deserved or earned, which it wouldn't have been. <laughs> this show didn't really deserve any ending of any kind. It deserved to be canceled halfway through. <laughs> That's true. This show did not deserve to get to 51 episodes and a movie. This show's finale, the last, like, three or four episodes... That's when this show goes completely and utterly off the rails. It goes completely... A couple of things... Now, for the sake of time, I won't bring up majorly. Owl's a philosopher's stone, because that's a thing. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. They tried to make Lust redeemable, or have a redemption arc, but then they killed her off without even really going anywhere with it. They tried to do with her what Brotherhood does with Greed, but it doesn't work. Greed in this show is completely pointless. He's there for two episodes, and he exists to basically tell Ed, this is how you kill a homunculus, and then he's gone. Mustang has his subplot thing with uh, coup and with. Oh yeah, I forgot. This show also has a coup, but it's not a good coup, which isn't handled very well at the least, and it feels very much like they're scrambling to tie up like, loose oh, oh. ends. It, it's it's Full Metal Alchemist. We need to have a coup at the end. There, it feels basically like they're scrambling to tie up loose ends with Mustang and those characters. The way they kill Homunculi is not consistent in the least and the way they killed homunculi is so underwhelming and does not lend itself to any uh anything particularly interesting or cinematic in the least yeah but then there's more specific stuff that the finale does that i hate (sighs) dear goodness i need to take a breather (laughs) so 49 (laughs) The episode that ends on Ed being sent to World War One England. That's right. This show ends with Ed being sent to World War One England. He where they trots suddenly... out of a building and Germany is being attacked by a Zeppelin. Uh, th- London's being attacked by Germans. Oh, right. It's London. I don't remember anything. And then the show suddenly remembers to bring back Hohenheim, who exists solely to spout exposition, and that's it. That's the only reason. I mean, what else would he be good for? Good question. He's not good for anything else, that's for sure. He exists to tell him that he's in World War I. (laughs) That's about it. Uh, They also decide in this episode to introduce one of their former minor antagonists has become a full-on Terminator. And not even a cool one. His design is garbage. It's such a lame design. It's such a lame design. 
episode is also the one where Hohenheim explains that the lives of those who've died and will die in this world become the energy used for alchemy in our world, and that is verbatim. I made sure to take that verbatim, word for word. So that's right, notes. everyone. Your granny dying of cancer is why Ed was able to make a rocking horse out Basically. of alchemy. And this show, The Gateway, isn't some mysterious ethereal force that can't truly be explained. It's literally just a closet doorway to another room. It's just a dimensional portal, and that's it. It's just a dimensional portal to our world and nothing more, nothing else. They take any intrigue or mysticism that the gateway you know, has. The cool philosophical implications of the truth? None of that. None of it. Gosh, and then, like, the very last episode, 50 something, is basically just a ring around the rosy circle with uh, Ed being sent away and then Ed coming back and then. Uh, uh, Ed dying, and then Al sacrificing him to bring Ed back, and then, and then Ed sacrificing, sacrificing himself to bring Al back. But he doesn't bring Al back properly. Room. He brings him back from like before a, like any of the stuff in the show happened. So the whole ending makes it feel like everything you just watched was a waste. It's. I mean, I guess technically it's not actually a waste, but it feels like it is. Because one of the main characters doesn't remember anything that happened. The last then, thing he remembered was them about to try to bring their mother back. Basically. So it's and just... Then, uh, and there are a bunch of other things that it does that are terrible. Like, it does nothing with the character teacher. It implies that it does, but it doesn't. And it does the same thing with Wrath, who's interconnected to her. Wrath is just an annoying pest throughout the entire show. I could care less Sloth, about his character arc. Sloth. Ed and Al's mom, but as a homunculus. And that goes pretty much nowhere, but they pretend again like they did. This show doesn't go anywhere with any of its themes or any of its storylines or anything. It just kind of introduces them and then ends them without anything in between. Yep. I could probably ramble on longer about how much I hate it, but for the sake of our viewers' sanity, I won't. To, to wrap up the many loose ends that were still left... They decide they should make a full film to wrap it up. Which I did not watch, and I will not watch. You're not missing much. The, f the majority of it much. follows Ed, our, our, our boy Ed going throughout post-World War I Germany, trying to mm -hmm. find a way to get back into alchemy world. And by this but point, the Nazis are trying to figure that out, too. Nazis and Full Metal Alchemist. Yep. And he time, doesn't get to punch any of them. Wait, not a one? Not even a huge He does Nazi? not punch a single Nazi in this film That's about Nazis being the villain, and it's disappointing. Oh, yeah. The, the alternate... The, the, the way the alternate universe works is that for every person in one, there's a counterpart that looks just like him in the other. Like pretty much literally any alternate universe thing ever. Yeah. The thing is, it's not consistent because sometimes they have the same name as someone on the other side and sometimes they just don't. Like, mm -hmm. Maze Hughes is Maze Hughes, but He's a Fuhrer Nazi. King Bradley is Fritz Law. Who thought that was a good idea? And Alphonse Elric is Alphonse Heinrich. What? I did not know about this. What? Yeah, he's just a random German kid who's building rockets. <laughs> building rockets. 
What? Yeah, he's a he's a rocket scientist. Oh gosh. <laughs> Who wrote this? Also, wrote also, this also, 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 Rose is a gypsy. <laughs> I forgot to even mention Rose on the show. I won't at this point, but I hate what they do with her. They do. They try to the, tackle subject matter that they should never try to tackle. They they ever. try to tackle something way too heavy for this show to handle with her. Oh goodness! And uh, they don't even really tackle it. They bring they it just, up. They just mention it, just it in passing, and that's it. But yeah, back which to makes the, it even more egregious, if I'm being honest. Honestly, but yeah, back to the film. Her counterpart in World War One is just a random gypsy who just so what? happens to have the magical ability to see into people's hearts when she touches them. What? Yeah. So be through that, she learns about Ed's backstory. What? what? <laughs> and, I'm so confused. And is so desperate to get to the alchemy world because I guess she hates the one she's stuck in. And that's a character beat that goes nowhere. Who wrote this? Uh... This, these shows and just that synopsis of this movie have broken me. I am a me broken also man. also meanwhile back in a back 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 in a meshless <laughs> land. Uh, you got you got Al wandering around Does being, he do being a vagabond. At all? Well, apparent. Uh, I forgot about one thing that kind of leads into this. The Nazis' big plan is to send a bunch of people in armor to the alchemy world to take it over because reasons. their whole big plan is to invade the alternate that, dimension what that is a straight up fan fiction plot that a 13 year old kid would write because That's a they, they think fiction plot it's like some mystical me would have written. they think it's like some mystical other realm that's going to give them great power or something i don't remember but point what? is they're trying to launch a full military invasion of another country of another dimension while they're also trying to stage a coup to take over germany wasn't the whole thing with the gate that they tried to imply was that oh you don't actually know where you're gonna be sent that goes nowhere there's only one side there's two sides that's just them trying to grasp it's just them trying to grasp for some kind of melodramatic beat i hate this show yeah they send they send uh Suits through, which I might add, is some of the most horrendous CGI I have ever seen. Oh god! Because CG? the the enemy suits of armor are CG and nothing else is. Ugh, that's disgusting. It's so gross. grossly smooth and awkward. Oh. Which contrasts quite a bit because I, I forgot to mention the animation in this film is actually pretty well done as far as nice. quality goes in how it looks. Like it's pretty, it's pretty smooth and it looks nice, but then they have the CG armor people trotting around, and they all show up in the ruins of Lior, which has been rebuilt by Armstrong. Wait, what? Yeah, Armstrong is just mayor of Lior now, I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> Armstrong is just mayor of. You Lior? know the mustachioed. Uh, 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 Beauty, what, the the the, uh, the dude that they talked to in the beginning of the Lior thing, with the uh, radio. Not... Oh yeah, face? him. That okay. guy. He builds him a new shop that's just a massive statue of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that 
Okay, I'll admit that's ridiculously. There's also like a giant billboard of him up there. It's it's basically just Armstrongville. I admit that's good. It's it's hilarious, but yeah. Then the 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 uh, the Nazi suit people burst through the ground. Wait, through the ground? What? Yeah, that's where the portal opens up. That's where. It just they just burst. There's no explanation. That's just how it happens. All right. And so Alphonse shows up. He's he's in his body now, so he's wearing the the Edward Red cape, I guess, in solidarity. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he dresses like his brother did. He shows up, and it turns out he has the ability to bond part of his soul to suits of armor, so he Wait, can control. Wait, what? Them. Yes. This show has no rules. It doesn't. He just can bond a fraction of his soul to anything what? and then control it without any cost to himself. What? So the bad guys are attacking, attacking and he just takes them over. Like what? hacking an enemy robot. Who came up with this? I don't know. Why? Why is this So that's thing? something Alphonse can do now. What? I'm so confused. Also, Envy's a dragon. What? <laughs> what? Please, what's going on? I don't know. But yeah, Envy's like a mystical He's... dragon person that he transformed into on the other side. Oh, so that's And the Nazis capture him and use him to be the the method to get through the portal since I alchemy just, doesn't work. I, I just want to just. just... Oh, we're not done Full yet. Metal Alchemist. Envy, one of the homunculi, goes through the portal and ends up in our world, Earth, but is not himself. Instead, he becomes a dragon who is then captured by Nazis and used to open up a gateway to an alternate dimension so the Nazis can invade said dimension because they think it's magical or something. Yep. That's a real storyline from Full Metal they, Alchemist also, and in uh, general a thing that exists. Also, you'd think that since it's Edward hanging out in World War One land with his papa, you'd actually get some interaction. But no, Hohenheim's missing throughout the entire thing. He's... And then he still shows pointless. up. He's still point. He shows up later because they what? shoved him into Envy's dragon mouth to keep him quiet. What? Because he wanted to get revenge on his pops, you know. So they just gave it, gave him to him <laughs> to keep him quiet, so that he would do whatever what? they want. That's so stupid. <laughs> what are they keeping him quiet from? Just in general, so he'll what? cooperate. How is him being stuck in Envy's mouth making him cooperate with them? Because he has his his daddy all right where he wants. I don't know. Do you think any of this makes sense? Okay. <laughs> all right. Also, 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 one of the one of the suits of armor that Alphonse bonds part of himself to makes it through the portal again and ends up on the other side, and it just so happens to look exactly like the suit he always wore. What? So there's a brief reunion between Ed and Al, but then the the bonding connection fades. So it's basically like he just lost service, like cell service. Yep. He just lost, and that just cell and service. that only serves to convince Ed that he can actually go through and save him. 
or get back to her or whatever. One of the big plot lines in this film is just Al losing soul service, but with his soul. <laughs> he loses soul service. Uh, yeah, long story short, there's a bunch of stuff that goes down. Ed makes it through the portal when they make their big attack. On 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 the, when the Nazis invade, <laughs> the Nazis invade the alternate dimension. When the Nazis in full suits of armor invade the alternate dimension, where alchemy is possible. Yeah. Gosh. So they go through, and Ed gets to reunite with everyone briefly. He gets... so these guys just straight up invade this alternate dimension, and Ed doesn't get to fight a single suit of Nazi armor. Oh, they fight the suit's armor, but they don't fight a proper Nazi. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, so the armor isn't manned? The armor is manned. It is manned. Yeah, but you, it, he doesn't get to fight a swastika boy, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like, there's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's so stupid. They, they go through, they reunite briefly. Winry gives him new automail, because he had to use a type of prosthetic that his dad so invented on the, the other side. All... By the end of all of this, Ed, nothing has been accomplished. Ed doesn't even have his body back. Nope, he just has to live with auto mail again. That's so stupid and so unreasonably unsatisfying. <laughs> and and then they, it turns out that the main villain, what just Nazi scientist lady, a cult person, a cult person. Yeah, because the oh, Nazis yeah, are are I cult. Forgot. Remember, the Nazis are a cult. That's the that's show what matters. ended. Revealing that Hohenheim is just straight up a part of a German cult. Yep, 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 yep. I think it's the same cult. <laughs> oh, dear gosh. I don't remember if it is or not, but it might be. Point is, her whole motivation for continuing to attack is that she's scared because she doesn't understand the alternate dimension. What? He's like, why are you attacking? I'm scared. What? We have now that we know they exist, we have to kill them before they can kill what? us. It's that's so stupid. <laughs> so they 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 Ed goes and heroically sacrifices himself again to take him back through the portal, meaning he would be separated from his brother you again. Think they're just a ring around the rosy. But that's all. It but is. this it's a circle. But th so he never gets to talk to anyone else that. He knows again all of his other friends, his love interest, all that just left behind yet again <laughs> as he goes through the portal. But this time, Ed's, I mean, Al sneaks in a suit of armor. So they're at least on the other side together now. And the act of going through the portal restored all the memories he lost? What? So it's just him in a younger body with all of the memories of the show that he had forgotten by being brought back in his younger body. This show is just a circle of pointlessness. So the show that ends with them just being like, okay, we live in this world now, might as well do what we can. That's how it ends. Also, the Nazis Seriously. lose. They don't take over Germany. Their coup fails. <laughs> so I don't even know where okay, this timeline's going now. that's good, I guess. <laughs> I'm so. It's, it's these so two things bad. have broken me. I'm a broken man now. I don't know. I, I think I, you should watch it. No, you should watch it yourself, I, just to see. No, don't. 
I would not wish this on any of our viewers. Yeah, don't, don't, don't waste your time. Just watch Brotherhood. This experience please. is painful. Watch Brotherhood and nothing else. Just watch just... Brotherhood. Be happy because you're watching a good show. Don't suffer through Pretend this. Pretend that this show does not exist. You'll be so much happier that way. So yeah, uh, I guess I'll wrap that up. Thanks for tuning in to. Thanks this, for tuning this in train to episode wreck. two. Gosh. I don't know if I would describe it as a train wreck so much as I would describing it as both of us just being off our chains. This show has broken. This show Everything. has broke both of us. The this movie broke, broke me even more because it it, it somehow had. manages to ignore its own rules even more. It's painful. Like something I forgot to mention, when the Nazis go through the gate, like the little, you know how all the black tendrils will wrap around you when you go through and all, all right. right? Yeah. They do that, and then they just kind of stick to them. So there's just this black goop coating them. What? And what's-her-face Nazi scientist cultist lady is just inside this venom suit of black goop. What? And I guess can do alchemy now. Full Metal Alchemist and Venom are connected. This is confirmed. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, gosh. Oh, and when they first meet up with the gypsies that alternate universe roses in, they just sing a gypsy song for the full length of the gypsy song for some reason. There's just a musical number. But it's really weird gypsy music. Oh, gosh. Who wrote this? I don't know. All it... You know what? Let's end the episode. Let's 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 end this. Thanks for watching. This no, was a mistake. This, for the sake of both of our sanities, let's end it here. Thanks for watching. Uh, this was a mistake. This was a mistake. Thank you for watching. We're both in physical pain. See you next month. See you next month. Goodbye.